everyone. It is Shelly. Today, I want to come at you with a special episode. This is the audio from the live stream that I just did. And I want to talk to you about how to niche down and what that actually means and how you can use it to your advantage to blow up on YouTube. I go into a lot of information here, so please excuse anything if I say, you know, look at this on the screen and you can't see it because it is a recording from my YouTube channel. So if you do want to see the details in what I'm talking about, feel free to watch it on YouTube as well. But without further ado, because this is a long episode, let's just go ahead and get into it. Thank you so much for watching. If you haven't yet, uh, please give me a like on this podcast and leave it a five-star review wherever you're listening to it. It would mean a lot to me. All right, let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome to the stream. I wanted to go live on a Tuesday. It's been a little while since I've been live and I thought this would be a fun way to actually, I'm gonna make sure I hit mute on this guy. So usually I, I like to go live on the day before I would normally be streaming on the TubeBuddy uh, channel. But it turns out that tomorrow is going to be, I believe, a stream with Roberto Blake. So I don't need to do a live stream, but I thought I could still come on and talk about some of the um, topic that I was going to present on. I'm going to close down this window. I don't think it's actually... If anyone's out there, uh, leave a, a like and maybe say if you can hear me because you never know. Okay. Um, so the topic that I was going to be talking about was like how to niche down, why you would want to niche down, why niching down can sometimes be the best trick to helping you blow up when it comes to uh, YouTube. So usually, typically I would go ahead and make a whole bunch of slides and everything, but um, because I'm not actually live streaming tomorrow, I didn't actually make the slides, but I, I so I will refer to some of the notes that are on my phone. So in case you happen to see me look down, that is why, because I am looking down at my phone. Um, let me just make sure here. Oh, yay. Okay, cool. There are people here and you can hear me. Awesome. Okay, so for the people that are here, we're going to play a little game. I'm going to raise up my microphone just one second here. So I want to play. We're going to play a little word association game. So that just means I am going to uh, put a picture up on the screen. And then I want you to just basically blurt out, type out some words that you would think when you kind of associate with this brand or photo or whatever I show you. So there's no right or wrong answers or anything like that. It's literally just kind of a quick response. What comes into my head when I actually think of this? Okay, so let me share my screen here. So the first one is Dove. You can tell me when you think of Dove, what comes to mind? So Dove to me, when I think of it, is more like um, the gentle bar soap. You know, it has that little logo of the bird. I think of it more of a women's body wash because I don't see a ton of dudes always running around rocking Dove. Um, you think soft. Okay, sweet. Um, you think, um, I think light, uh, sometimes like to do with, Lotion? <laughs> um, those are, yeah, lotion, exactly. So Family Ninja says lotion. So perfect. You are exactly right on the money. Okay, so I'm gonna do another one. So we have, uh, if you do not know who this is, this is um, Marquez Brownlee. He also goes by MKBHD here on YouTube. Now he is someone who made 100 videos before he ever got his first 100 subscribers. So he is an OG, started when he was very young. So when I think of him, I think um, tech reviews. I think red and black. I see a lot of that. I see uh, OG YouTuber, been on forever. Okay, next one, Old Spice. There is a point to all of this. But first I just wanna, you know, have some fun. So Old Spice. And actually what's funny is I just downloaded these off of um, Google right now. So I didn't have a ton of time to think about what it is that I personally think about these. When I think but I always think of um, those commercials with the gentleman who's so funny, you know, on the horse and um, always talking about like it's a manly body wash. Like I don't see a lot of um, females <laughs> except for, you know, he's kind of like that male Casanova, um, like, hey, buy this body wash, or uh, now he has with his son going off to college. So I kind of think of that. And um, yeah, if you guys have stuff, you think deodorant, okay, men's cologne. Um, yeah, you think men body care, men kind of stuff, right? Um, I mean, yeah, that's what I think too. Here's another one, Sephora. And for some of the guys out there, we're like, what the heck is that? Um, or, or maybe not, you know, I'm not judging. 
and uh, maybe you spent many a time waiting outside of it while you or someone in your life was shopping in there, you know, um, it happens. So Sephora is a uh, cosmetic store found in a lot of shopping malls or whatnot. They can carry a lot of uh, high-end makeup items that are very, very expensive. And um, I think I always get that little like happiness because uh, it's kind of meant to be and like the bags are like black and white stripes with like it just feels more expensive you know they put the little tissue paper in there that's like the black and white tissue paper um yeah you think makeup um i think a lot of mainly female um higher end brands like it's not drugstore you're not walking into a bartels or a walgreens and getting these same products they are um the upper echelon higher tier and like usually a higher price so here we go. Here's one. We have an OG also on YouTube. And oh, my condolences to her. She recently um, just had her had her puppy pass away. And that is just devastating. I can't even imagine. But this is Rosanna Pansino. Um, she has a channel on YouTube and it is called Nerdy Nummies. But a lot of the time now she just goes by Rosanna Pansino. So if you know Rosanna Pansino, um, for me, like what comes to mind is like, She's very petite. She's very small. Um, she's super cute, very bubbly. She does cooking videos. Um, I always think family friendly. Yeah, Nerdy Nummies is kind of the name of the show. Where uh, when she first started, she had a lot of like baking things that were kind of nerdy in culture. So you would have like Minecraft treats or or different things like that. So it was kind of um, it was it was kind of like that. Starbucks. What comes to mind when you see Starbucks logo? For me, I mean, besides, I visit her daily. But um, so Starbucks logo to me. So one, if you don't know, she's a mermaid, right? Um, when I think of Starbucks, I don't think um, really great food, but usually what I think is coffee, right? Um, maybe overpriced coffee in some people's minds, roasteries, all that kind of stuff. Um, the ability to monetize and do all kinds of stuff. But I always think coffee, right? Long lines. You you associate with long lines. Okay. See, um, and I associate them with being like everywhere, just like being saturated. Like you go across the street and there's another Starbucks. You know what I mean? Like I, I think of long lines, all that stuff. So here's one more. Um, I think this might be the last one. I could be wrong. Um, so TubeBuddy. So the reason this was in, you know, the photo deck was because I was going to be uh, live streaming. So um, I wanted to throw this one out there. So when I think of TubeBuddy, I also think like red and black. I think, you know, the Chrome extension. I think of Andrew. Um, that pops up a lot. I think of uh, keyword research. I think of canned responses. So there's uh, like basically time savers. I think a lot of that stuff. So, all right. So let me go back to this window here. So we have done all of those brands. Now, the reason I bring this up is most of the time when you think of those brands, um, there's a particular type of customer archetype of customer that is going to come to mind. It's usually, you know, let's say, um, you know, the Sephora one. It's not always the person who is going to be uh, penny pinching. Uh, maybe they watch YouTube tutorials. Um, maybe there's there's someone that likes makeup. Maybe uh, they like that feeling of going into the store. You know what I'm saying? So there's a, a feeling that you have. Oh, yeah, YouTube growth. That's a good one for two, buddy. So those are the things that I kind of think about when I think about some of these brands. Now, what I find fascinating about all of these brands are most of them are not trying to appeal to everyone. So you look at Old Spice um, until recently when they finally did a commercial where it was kind of like women like Old Spice stuff too, but it was like the girlfriend, boyfriend fighting over, you know, the bottle um, being like, no, this one's just for me. It's just for men. Or, or, you know, if you think about the brand just for men, where they're talking about, um, you know, the five minute die for their beards and mustaches and hair and all that stuff. It literally says in the title, just for men. So these people have differentiated themselves as a company that is catering, not necessarily towards women, but just for men. And so there's a certain power and clarity that comes when um, you have that kind of consistent branding. So if you were to go on to uh, MKBHD's channel, which is, you know, a lot of tech gear, electronics, um, what you're usually not going to find is him, I don't know, uh, pick something that would be the complete opposite of that. You're not going to see him usually doing like crochet. I, I don't know, it, or, you know, some sort of thing like that because it would be a little bit 
off-brand for him. And um, not to say he wouldn't do it every once in a while for like a fun gag video, but that's not what his channel um, is about. And so one of the things that I find interesting is that a lot of people are going to go out there and I am especially talking to people who really think about doing variety channels. If you do a variety channel and you think that you're good at a million different things, and I'm not begrudging you, you probably are good at a million different things. How can you be known for any one particular type of thing? And if you're not known for one particular type of thing, um, I think it can be harder for you to grow on YouTube. So the video today is gonna be talking about why you'd wanna niche down, how to niche down, what to actually do when you are thinking about doing that, and why variety is not always gonna be the best chance for you for growing, unless you're fine with not growing and just doing it all for hobby, just for fun, and um, really being okay with that particular type of thing. Okay, so we played brand association. Now I want to challenge you if you're out there and you've kind of thought about, you know, we played the game with Starbucks and, and MKBHD. What would you say your channel is specifically about? If you only had one or two words to describe yourself, your niche, whatever it is you make videos on, what would that be? Or if you only had a couple words to really describe what you are known for, what your audience knows you for, what would that be? So if you're out there and you want to comment that, I would love to have you say it. Um, you know, Paul Peck, I saw you out there. For you, I would think absolutely, you know, home improvement, drywall. I mean, it's it's in the name of your channel. It makes sense, right? So I probably wouldn't see you log in one day and then making a cake. <laughs> I mean, you could because maybe the icing on that is kind of like the same as mudding and, you know, on a wall and you're probably very good with a scraper. But you know what I mean? Like, you're probably not going to show up one day and do a video about how to do needlepoint. So yeah, when I think about you and your channel consistently, it's about home repair, about how anyone can do drywall, about how you have all this experience, and you're going to teach people about that, right? So it's it's very clear in my head what it is that your channel is about, if not only from the title of your channel, but from going and seeing any of your videos, right? So here's another thing. So when you think about picking a niche, and I know that a lot of people really don't want to do it because they think it's actually going to limit the amount of money that they might be able to make, the type of sponsorships they could take, um, the types of videos, all that stuff. When you think about that, I'm gonna have one other weird scenario here for you, but basically I want you to think about um, doctors, okay? So let's say for instance, one day you're out riding around with your family and you get into a car accident. Unfortunately, I hope that never happens to you, but let's just say you did. And let's say that unfortunately when the windshield cracked and you had a whole bunch of glass fall on your face, um, your face got really messed up. Now you have a couple of choices. You could go out there and you could find a general practice doctor. You know, one week does you know, foot surgery, and then the next one does, removes your tonsils, and then the next day, you know, fit, fixes your broken leg and sets it back into place, right? Just a general practitioner, doctor, surgeon, whatever. Or in this particular case, you could find a plastic surgeon who specializes in facial reconstruction after automobile accidents. So when you start to think about that, you're like, huh, which one would I want to trust my face to in this particular instance, right? Um, the person who last week was taking a corn off someone's foot or the person who only does the one thing that I really, really need him for or her for right now, which is fix my face, <laughs> okay? So if you think about that, um, specialists and not generalists, specialists are able to charge more money because they are the expert in their field. Do they need to work with as many people when they're charging higher prices? Nope. Do they become like so well known and like at the best at what they know how to do that people seek them out, maybe fly from other countries or states to have that person work on them? Yeah. So if you know that you are the go-to person when it comes to facial reconstruction, it's not out of the question that someone would fly up from California and go to Florida or wherever to work with you because you are the best, right? So once we start thinking about specialist versus generalist, you can almost start to apply that to your channel as well. So if you're someone who is making videos about drywall, Paul Peck, because you know what? I know that I've said this before 
every single time I try and use you as an example and it burns me every single time and I remind you, don't ever let me pick you again as any kind of example because I know so little about drywall that I just embarrass myself every time and every time you do it to me, it's not you, it's me, it's totally me. But let's just say that your channel in particular you decided that you didn't want to only specialize in drywall. And you're like, you know what else goes well with this? Painting. And you know what else is then after that? We're going to talk about carpentry and finished work and woodworking. Then you know what else we're going to do? We're going to go outside and we're going to build a deck, right? And you think, oh, it's all home repair. It's all in the same niche. But if you think about it, the people who came to you, they needed something. They needed facial reconstruction on their house walls. And now you're talking about building decks outside. And all of a sudden, they're like, this is not what I came here for. This is not what I signed up for. I don't know what to expect when I come to your channel. Therefore, I'm going to see the one video that I needed um, in a search result, and then I'm going to unsubscribe or never subscribe in the first place, right? So there's a lot of that that can happen. And I think what happens when new people get onto the platform is they're like, oh, I'm just so good at everything. I want to talk about everything. Um, and when you start to do that, one, if you want to do that when you're first getting started, no one's going to stop you, right? And if you want to be someone who is analytically driven and say like, hey, what's going to be the video that takes off and then I'm going to do more of that? It's a strategy. I'm not saying it's a smart one, but it is a strategy. But the problem is, what are you going to do if it takes four months to your video to really start raising? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, the video I did four months ago is finally starting to gain traction now. Now I'm supposed to go back four months of... Um, videos and just start doing the thing I was doing five months ago, like, it's going to be confusing for the people who have been subscribed to you. It's going to be confusing for YouTube to be like, what is this channel? How do I recommend them? And I'm not trying to come down hard on anyone because I did this to myself, like right, when I started my channel. And I think you guys all know the story. I started as a variety channel. I, you know, you look at some of the people and you're like, well, I can talk about makeup and technology and iMovie and YouTube and you know all of these different things but it was a really great example so vid summit here in October I actually my channel was pulled up on the screen as an example of nice way to do thumbnails color-coded bad way to do a channel variety because if YouTube looks at my channel or any subscriber does and they say oh she's got four videos on Instagram tricks and they're fine maybe they perform okay but people can go out there and find an entire channel dedicated to only instagram tricks if that's what they want and then i'm like okay well i got five videos on how to start a youtube channel guess what there are a million people out there who can tell you how to start a youtube channel from start to beginning um start to beginning <laughs> going all the way to 360 from start to end and um you're not going to get then inundated with stuff that isn't that where it's only one in every seven videos where you're getting the video of what you actually wanted, right? Um, and then you go up to the next playlist and it's um, <laughs> Podmas, which was a fun idea in theory and, and, and great, but that's a whole other can of worms right there. But if you think about it, if YouTube has, and, and then you look and you've got a how to cut up a t-shirt video or how to do, um, you know, paint the bottom of your Louboutins, anyone I mean, myself saying it back, I'm like, yeah, that sounds confusing. I'm sure YouTube with all of this data analytics is like, what the heck is she thinking? And my audience is like, I have no idea what to expect from her channel ever. And that that's a hard lesson because you think, oh, I'm immune and um, I'm going to build this base of people that they're going to want to watch everything that I put out. It's interesting because I actually was just watching a video from the content bug. Her name is Catherine. I think she's great. She's blown up recently a lot. And, you know, I was watching her when she was at 3000 subs, something like that. She started every once in a while doing these videos about YouTube analytics. She started blowing up. She started doing all these videos about YouTube. She went from 3000 to like 80,000. It was like phenomenal in just like a few months. And then uh, she started putting out every once in a while these vlog style videos. And the amount of people in the comments being like, I didn't come here for vlogs, where are the YouTube tips? Um, and, and she showed in her analytics, she's like, every time I publish a video that is a vlog style, I lose subscribers. I'll, I don't gain any, which is um, very rare for my channel. But I think that in the long term, um, it's a better strategy for me because the diehard people that are here are going to want to see that content. And... You know, the people who are only here for the YouTube stuff, um, they either know they can come once a week or they can find another person. And it's interesting because she made the choice to do that. 
And she doesn't really care. She's like, yeah, if I just looked at the analytics, it would tell me don't continue to do this. But that's not what I'm trying to do because I'm not trying to be held captive on my own channel or get burnt out on only one type of content. But here's the thing is she made months and months of content of the same type and built up this audience. But the backlash from the people who that she started to, you know, have as her audience and they're saying, we don't want this from you. And so it's it's a really interesting thing because do you make the same type of content and only things that get you views? Do you make videos that actually make you happy, even if they're on a variety of subjects? It's a decision that every single creator is going to have to make for themselves. But when she really started growing, when she really started buckling down on the type of thing that she knew that YouTube was happy about, she knew that her audience wanted, that's when her growth was actually more exponential than any other time. So whatever decision she made afterwards, you know, where she's made her decision to be like, well, I want to do some more personal stuff too. It doesn't negate the fact that when she was deciding to niche down into YouTube analytics, all that kind of stuff and advice, that's when her channel was really starting to grow. So, um, okay, so let's, you just do what you like. Okay, yep. Um, if you start with a variety channel, how do you niche down? Okay, yeah, we're gonna go into that. So yes, if you guys have questions, definitely leave them in there. But here's a few things that I wanna say. When you are the go-to person in your field, okay, um, there is this concept of having breadth, which is width, and knowing a little bit about everything. That's your jack of all trades, that's your variety channel. And then there's depth, right? It's just deep knowledge of one particular thing. So there are channels out there that only do Minecraft of a specific thing. There are channels that, you know, only do, I do audio equipment um, and that's all I do. Or, you know, like El Jefe Reviews has really found his niche in reviewing uh, earphones and uh, wireless headphones. And so if you know you have a particular headset in mind that you really want to know if it's any good, you would know. You would go to that channel. Or, you know, like my friend Kimberlea, you would know if you want to know anything about pop sockets, nuckies, phone grips, phone fashion, you would go check out her channel because that's what she has really built up her expertise around, right? So you can have breadth, which is that width, which is surface level knowledge of lots of different topics, which is what a variety channel is, right? Or you can have that depth. And so it's kind of up to you to decide um, which kind of route you want to take. So here are some ways. Let me, sorry, like I said, I'm looking at my phone now. Oh, <laughs> I had another word association one, which was um, the idea of the television show Friends, right? Friends, six friends, all in New York, living in an apartment. Every story is usually revolving around one of those friends. Occasionally the person that they're dating, but usually only those core group of people. And if you logged in one day to Friends, and you decided that um, you were going to watch, but it wasn't Monica and Chandler. It was, you know, like a special with circus acts and people like uh, spinning plates on a on a tall pole. You would be confused by that, even if the show was still Friends, right? So um, it's just interesting. One of the reasons why you might want to pick a niche and have that depth instead of the breadth is that um, once you can become an expert at something, once you can become that go-to authority in that field, you can also start to garner not only more attention and authority, and um, yes, it can help you rank if you continue to make more videos about the same type of topic, you will always be, you know, I'm trying to get known as the vertical video girl or, you know, the iMovie and Final Cut Pro girl or whatever it is. If you want to be known for that one particular type of thing, you know, like when you originally thought of iJustine and you thought of, you know, everything iPhone, everything Apple related, but then she started branching out into Android, but she can do that because it's seven years later that she's been on the platform. But um, when you pick a niche, you get to make more money. And when you're a specialist, you can charge more money when it comes to selling products, giving speeches, doing coaching, any of that stuff. Because if I build an agency around Instagram marketing, I'm not going to attract someone who's coming in to learn how to grow their Pinterest, right? I, I'm going to be like, I do Instagram marketing. That's what I do. I'm going to teach you to use stories and Instagram to grow your brand, business, whatever it is, and do these things, okay? So you know that if you want to do that, you're going to pay whatever that person who specializes in Instagram marketing is going to charge. You could go to someone who does social media, and they do all of social media, 
but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the expert or will get the same results as someone who is solely focused on doing that day in, day out as the entire part of their business, okay? So when you go to, to that person, a lot of the time your reputation will be built um, as a personal brand when people start to recognize you for the things that you've already niched down in. I hope that makes sense. If it does, give me a thumbs up. Some of the things that you can do if you are maybe a variety channel and you want to niche down or if you're just starting out and you're trying to figure out what your niche is, one, you can do your competitive research, okay? So once you start thinking about, um, even if we back up here, if you start to write out a list of all the ideas of video topics that you really want to do, I recommend this to anyone. I've referred to it before um, is a term and I'm um, sorry to any of you out there that don't like the term, but it is what it is. It's just what I've made up. It's called thought vomit. And you're going to thought vomit into a spreadsheet. And that is going to be all the different types of ideas that you have under all the different types of categories that you think that you are um, good enough to make a video about and talk about. Okay. So, you know, that could be home improvement, specific types of home improvement. It could be um, talking about social media or specific types of social media, different stuff like that. Once you start to put all that into a spreadsheet or a Trello board, I highly recommend Trello. I like that because you can kind of move around the cards and you'll usually see that one column or one type of video idea is going to kind of tickle your fancy a little bit more than the others. You're going to get more excited about it. And usually when you're more excited about something, you know it pretty intrinsically. And when you know something, you you tend to get a little bit more animated and you tend to get excited. And um, that kind of energy is more infectious and inviting to a viewer who is watching it. Okay. So once you start to think about all of these different types of categories that you have, you know, because a lot of people out there will tell you, can you come up with 100 ideas in any particular column or niche that you're thinking of? If you can come up with 100, then you're probably on to like something like you, you got some good stuff cooking up there in the kitchen. Um, if you can only think of two ideas, three ideas at most or something, then you're going to be like, oh, then I'm going to be out of topics. It may not be the best topic for you to do because if you can't think of more than like three weeks of content at one video a week anyway, um, it's not going to get any better once the videos are starting to come out. So another thing you want to do is you want to look at competitors in your niche. So if I was an Instagram marketing consultant, I would start searching Google Trends, Instagram, different hashtags. I would be on, um, you know, keyword research finder in TubeBuddy. I would be in the YouTube search bar and then I'd start looking. Is there any kind of demand for the type of thing that I want to talk about? If there are, you know, 50 million channels talking about the same thing, then you're going to have a different question on your hand, which is going to be, what is it about the way that I tell it? What is it that I can do to differentiate myself? How can I be more unique in this type of thing? Is there any information, um, not necessarily that isn't being shared, but just really like, how can you make yours different? And how can you make it exciting? Because if you're just going to regurgitate the exact same thing that I just saw from someone else, um, one, and it's a very small field, that's going to be a harder time for you. So and then you start making a list who is in your field, who is doing Instagram marketing, and you start looking at, you know, what's their following like? What kind of posts do they do? Um, and this isn't to the point where you want to have analysis paralysis and you go so long into the research phase that you never end up doing anything. This is only to validify <laughs> is, is the word, validate that um, there are people actually looking for this and, you know, people actually want and consume this content. Now, it could be that people are searching for it and you know about it and there's not a lot of videos out there. That's a really good thing, too, because if that is the case, then you can break into some of these markets and you can become the expert quicker, faster, because you aren't competing with as many other people. So that could be another way for you to really decide how you want to niche down is this is something that I know a lot about. This is something that a lot of people are searching for. This is something there aren't a lot of videos on. So if you're like, hey, if I can improve the space or create the space because no one's talking about it, but people are searching for it, even better. So, all right. So, yes, what makes you special? Um, you know, are they getting views on their videos? And what are the holes in their content? And how could you fill those holes? So when I say that, I mean, 
when you go look at their content, are there continual questions that you start to see in the comment section that are never getting answered? As creators start to get bigger, you see a lot of them not being able to answer the questions that are coming you know, in their comment section. Here's the thing though, is that audience is very possibly the same audience that would be watching your videos. So you're not gonna go do the thing where you go in there and be like, hey, let me, you really wanna be careful, tread carefully on this, okay? Because you don't wanna piss off some of these channels because they're not going to end up being uh, too favorable or wanting to collaborate with you if you're the person that comes in and kind of tries to steal their audience. That's not that's not good. But if you can be helpful, if you can answer a question, if you can do that in a way without drawing attention to the fact that you have a channel and, you know, that kind of stuff, then that person is eventually also going to see you and be like, oh, this person's kind of cool. You know, maybe I keep an eye on them or maybe that would open the door for you to collaborate with them in the future. The person who left the comment gets an answer and they're like, who is this person? They knew the answer. That's really awesome. They might go check out your profile and they might go see a video. A really cool thing you can also do is that is data mining for getting the questions and topics for what kind of videos you could be making. So if you found out everything was revolving around how to do one particular thing, you could make that video. You could answer the question right? Not even pointing to the fact that you have a video because you might end up in someone's spam. Say that, you know, whatever the answer is, once they click on your profile and they see that your latest or, you know, whatever video is on the same question that they asked, they're like, oh, dude, I want to watch this. And that can actually, um, that can help you. All right. So again, you don't need to always think about the people that that are in your niche as your competitors because they're and going to end up being probably collaborators, colleagues. Um, if you're in a particular field, you're probably going to run into them at social media events and, you know, YouTube conferences. And it's just, um, it's just inevitable, even though the world is so big, when you start talking about similar types of topics, certain types of people are going to end up grouping together. That's just kind of usually how it works. So we looked, is there a demand for the topic? And that's going to be you know, Google Trends, uh, the keywords, all of that stuff, YouTube search bar. So here's another thing is I see a lot of people and they want to say, my content is for everybody. Again, I'm talking to you variety channels out there. And I'm like, here's the deal, right? It does not matter who you are. Not 100% of the people in the world are going to like you, okay? They could have their own implicit bias for, you know, what you look like, what gender you are what color your hair is, how old you are. Um, you know, there's just a million different reasons. And I find that everybody is kind of like Switzerland. Like, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to, you know, do anything that's going to piss some people off. It's really going to happen <laughs> pretty much no matter what you do. You're going to say something, someone's going to take the wrong way. Um, and, and here's the thing. The sooner that you realize that you're not for everyone and you don't need to be, the more freeing it is going to be for you because otherwise every single time you get a comment in any kind of uh, social media setting, they're going to be like, you're too loud. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll be quieter. And then people are like, you're too quiet. Um, you know, I don't like your hair like that. You should wear it curly. And, and, and I know guys are like, who would say that? Trust me. Plenty of people say this, right? They're like, I don't like your makeup. You shouldn't wear it like this. I don't like that shirt you're wearing. Um, and if you start letting all of those things happen and dictating how you dress, when you go live, the types of videos that you make, you're going to be unhappy for a really, really long time because there's always going to be someone who, no matter what you did, isn't going to like it. So I guess I have to say, like, the more you can realize that it's okay not to be liked by everybody, again, this is that breadth and depth thing. If you can go deep with an audience that really likes and cares and trusts you, um, that no like trust factor, that is going to serve you so much better than having a whole bunch of superficial waffle um, people who one week love you, the next week want to cancel you, the next week love you again, and you will be mentally exhausted by all of that gymnastics that you will be putting yourself through chasing after their approval, their validation, um, that kind of stuff, because it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. If they're, if they don't like your videos, 
they're going to tell you, fine, whatever. Um, they don't have to watch your videos. There's a million other videos out there for free that they can watch on YouTube. Literally 500 hours every you know minute are uploaded to YouTube. So they don't need to stay in your realm for very long to tell you how much they don't like you. Just let them move on with their life. And it's really hard to say that because as someone who is a people pleaser and an over explainer by nature, if I feel like someone is upset with me, if I feel that they don't like me, I take it as this personal affront. I get like offended. I get hurt. I want to like explain myself out of something. Um, and, and it's just never going to work for me because the people who have already decided that I'm stupid and, uh, you know, I'm ugly, I'm not going to come back and change their mind magically. And they're going to be like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. You're pretty. Um, that's that's fine. I, I don't have to be for them. And um, in reality, besides that comment, which I hopefully I don't see, they don't affect my real world, like daily happenings. Like they're not face-to-face -face with me in my next meeting at work. They're not, um, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Like there's not a real way that they're interacting with you unless they're showing up to your house, which is a whole other thing. I've definitely um, seen people do that to, to big YouTubers. And I'm just like, that is such a violation of privacy and you should really have some respect, just human respect um, for people. But these are also, if you ran into these people at VidCon, right? Or, or VidSummit, they're usually not going to come up straight to your face and be like, you're stupid and you're ugly and you're fat. And I really don't know why you have a platform. <laughs> what are you going to do in that situation? You're probably not going to th start throwing bows at them. You're just going to be like, one, who says that? Like, I think very rarely that happens. You're just kind of turn around and be like, cool, you're not my people. Like, um, yeah. And I find that this is a whole other tangent, but I do find that when you're out there, the people who are the most negative are the people who uh, it's not really you. You're just the catalyst of something that has like affected them in some other way. Maybe you said something. Sure. But like, I, I, I always take it back to, you know, if you've ever seen Legally Blonde where they say like, happy people don't kill their husbands, right? You, you don't have happy people going around um, intentionally trying to like cut people down. They're happy for their friends. They're happy for other, um, you know, colleagues. They say positive things about them. It's usually the hurt and broken people, anger, angry issues. Um, those are the people who go out and make those comments. And it's something like, um, I don't think you should be making videos. Your videos are stupid. You know, maybe it's someone who wanted to make videos and never did, you know, and um, they're really mad at themselves for starting a YouTube channel. So they want to lash out at you because you did start a YouTube channel and tear down all the things that, you know, they think that you've done wrong. But really, it's a problem with them. It's a problem with them. Okay. That's a whole other thing. Sorry. I could go on about that because... Um, I really do feel, and, and it took a lot of watching Gary Vee and listening because there were some times like, yeah, there's some comments you get that you cry and that hurt and you could see 99 good ones and you see that one and you're just like, it's soul crushing. But then you have to think about like, who is taking the time out of their day? It's usually not the people who are your friends to tell you that you just suck as a person. It's someone that's so unhappy with themselves and it's like, oh, like, they're really unhappy with themselves if they really need to take time out of their day to write you an entire paragraph about how much you suck, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. Your content can't be for everyone. We talked about that. It's okay not to go out and intentionally try and get people not to like you, but it's okay for people not to like you if that's just genuinely who you are, what you believe in, the stuff that you actually want to talk about. Fine. Let them go find another channel. Don't chase after people and like it's that toxic, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever. Don't chase after people who say that they don't love you. Just say, okay, I wish you well and I release you. And, you know, I think that's that's a hard lesson for a lot of us because we want to chase after them. So here we go. So if we say we want clarity, 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 it is better to be clear and crystal <laughs> crystal clear on who it is you serve, who it is you help, than to be clever. And when you say that you're clever, um, you start using big fancy words. You start using uh, slogans and jargon that people don't understand. Okay, so we're going to say, let's just say you are a fitness coach. Okay, so you see a lot of people, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, and they're like, I'm a fitness coach. Cool. 
um, what kind of fitness coach are you, right? And here's where you start thinking about niching and you're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in fitness. So I can talk about like macros and I can talk about like weightlifting and I can talk about clean eating and I can talk about keto and I can talk about, you know, take your pick of whatever it is when it comes to that. So I would challenge you if you're out there, if you're still watching, tell me what kind of, uh, words come up or phrases or who you would be helping if you're a fitness coach, right? Um, I would have questions if someone says, I'm a fitness coach. Great. What kind? And then they just blank. Okay. It is much different. I have different needs. If I'm a first time mom who's getting over um, the fact that I just had a baby and maybe it was a C-section and um, I can't do some of those core exercises, that is a different audience than I am training for Mr. Olympia, and I am looking to get the biggest and buffest that I can be, okay? Two different types of clients, all under the umbrella of fitness coach, right? What if you're a fitness coach and what you have is, I'm a female soccer player, or I'm a male football player, or I'm a basketball um, player, right? I'm a bobsled team front person. All of those different types of things, they all have very different needs, right? Um, they have different types of ways that they need to work out. Some people need endurance, some people don't. Some people need lean body mass, some people don't. So, you know, if you're the strongest man in the world, you have a much different diet and lifting thing because what they do is short bursts of a lot of full out energy versus someone who needs to run uh, a marathon right? Both of them are considered athletes, but they're different. So would I go, again, back to the specialist thing, would I go talk to someone if I am training to be a um, all-natural bodybuilder, and by the way, I'm vegan? Would I go to a person um, who specializes in working in basketball athletes? You know what I mean? Probably not. So once you start thinking about that, just because I said I'm in fitness and you think, um, hey, my niche is fitness. And I'm here to tell you, like, sometimes you have to go a couple layers deeper. So if you said, hey, I'm a fitness coach who specializes in, you know, first time moms getting over, wanting to get their pre-baby body back, who are coming back from their first C-section. That is a very specific client. And if you were selling that service on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, you don't need 50,000 subscribers of all people who are trying to be in fitness. Maybe you need a thousand moms, you know, who just had their baby who are looking to work with a specific coach about getting their body back. So I hope that makes sense because um, once you start thinking about that type of thing and once you start knowing the inner workings of the type of client, um, if you're trying to work with someone, um, I think of YouTube as basically it's selling something, right? You want them to buy your time. You're buying their time with your interest in their videos. Um, you are you know, maybe a coach or person who is eventually trying to get them to join your email list and get your coaching services and get you know their fitness journey on track, whatever it is. Because a lot of people who are on YouTube are their own personal brands. They're selling something, coaching services, whatever it is. Once you start thinking about that client, if I am that fitness coach looking for first-time moms recovering from C-section, I'm probably going to make very specific types of videos that talk to that type of person. I'm not going to be talking about um, clean eating and macros and what to do to reduce water weight for um, bodybuilding competitions and and the best self-tanner so that when you go on stage, you don't look orange. That's not the type of video that I'm going to make. So once you start thinking about then what your ideal client or ideal customer avatar is, you're going to also be able to come up with a better list of videos that you might need to make to become more of that authority in that niche. Okay? So... Tell me if that makes sense. So I was saying you want to be known for something, right? Um, being known for something and having specific oops, depth is going to accelerate your authority in that thing. Um, yes, I said content. I'm always looking at bullet points in case. Yes, I've talked about that before as well. Bullet points are always 
Thumbs up for that. Um, thought vomit into a spreadsheet or a Trello board. What can you do videos on? Who is your ideal customer or client? What kind of videos would they want? Um, what things actually get you really excited? Who are you trying to help? Smaller focused audiences can be more profitable than um, generalists. So again, going back to that fitness thing, you only had a thousand people, but you know, 20 people bought your $2,000 coaching course um, to work with them one-on-one -on -one versus having a million subscribers who, you know, a few of them bought some workout band or like barbells because you link them from Amazon. Okay, think about, um, is this something that is sustainable? So I think that content, uh, the content bug with the sustainability factor um, has a point where, you know, there has to be a balance between what you can do. Um, there's only so many videos you can make about a particular type of subject sometimes, right? So can you, um, and this is one of those qualifiers, is this a good niche to be in? Can you still think of creative ways in a lot of different um, types of videos on that thing? Because if you are going to cover a subject and, and once you've done four videos, it's completely finished and done. Um, if that's not sustainable and all of your audience only wanted those four videos, what else are you going to make videos about? You could find yourself very depressed when, you know, you put out another video and you're like, I literally have nothing to make videos about. Whereas when you are um, idealized with a customer base that you know exactly how they're thinking, where they're you know, shopping basically in their mind about what kind of actions they take, you should probably not be able to run out of ideas. Or once you have that core engaged audience, they will feed you the information and the questions and the video ideas that you really need. And it's, you know, can I do this particular exercise if I am recovering from this type of, you know, surgery? And then that's a whole other type of thing because you're going to be able to also respond back to people and that will also build that loyal tribe for you. So you really do have to start thinking like, what are your skills? What are you really good at? What are you really good at um, like explaining or what are you passionate about? What do people, and if you don't know, another thing to do is ask people in your life, hey, when you think of me, just like brand association at the very beginning, when you think of me, what immediately comes to mind? And they're like, oh, you are funny, you're articulate, you are, you know, sarcastic, you know everything when it comes to WWE. Like I've never known anyone to know more about WWE or Grey's Anatomy or whatever it is. And you're like, huh. Those people around you that know you very well, that interact with you a lot, they're very good at identifying a lot of the time the things that you're really good about, what lights you up inside, what gets you all giddy to start talking quickly about. And if you're like, oh, I really do love Grey's Anatomy, well, there's channels out there that do nothing but do recaps of the episodes and how much they loved it. And it's just talk commentary. And you're like, hey, if that's what I would have a conversation with my friend or a stranger or whatever about for six hours in a row that might be a pretty good topic for you to delve into and explore. And it may not have been something that you thought about previously. Okay. Oh, um, sorry. Hey, how's it going? I miss you too. We need to talk about Seattle YouTube day because it's been more than a year and we need to bring that back. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So if you don't know, ask other people questions. Absolutely. Then you can think about it again. Is it profitable? If, you know, if you can look around and see that people are making money on the idea that you have, it may not be a bad idea to get into that too. Um, because obviously, if, you know, if they're like, oh man, I always have waiting lists and uh, blah, blah, blah. It's not about taking those customers, right? Because there's something special about you that's different from the next person. But you're like, oh, dang, there's a need and a want for this. A lot of people are like wanting this. They can't even sustain, you know, the growth that they have right now. If you were that next expert in, um, that could be really, really good for you. So if there are other people paying for it, you can also use that as a pricing model to be like, oh, well, they've been in this three years. They're charging $3,000 now. I'm brand new, but I think that I could, you know, get started. I have some really great stuff. I could do a beta version. And then you're like, oh, maybe I'm 500, maybe I'm seven, whatever it is, right? You start to think if there's a, a demand for it and you know you can speak to it, it might be something that you might be able to monetize and, you know, invite more people in. Um, is there anything that you're doing that could be considered a fad? So, you know, it might have been Pokemon Go. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, if you had an entire channel ded dedicated around that and, you know, then the entire genre died. Um, eh, I mean, maybe there's still people playing Pokemon Go. You guys let me know if, if that's actually the case. But if people are playing it and um, all of a sudden, like, that game dies or whatever it is, um, are you going to be able to sustain switch gears, have a different thing to talk about. 
Um, and, and one of the things you just want to think about is, um, is there ever going to be a backup plan for if that particular thing you're talking about goes away? It's just a consideration. I'm not saying to do or not do a particular niche because of that. I'm just saying it's something to think about. Um, yes. Okay. Are there holes in the content? Are they getting speaking engagements? If that's something that's on your radar, if you want to be known for something like I... Okay. I just started a second YouTube channel. I don't even know why I say second. It's more like seventh YouTube channel. But um, I am only focusing on vertical video, how to make vertical video, why I love vertical video, where you can find vertical video, um, the apps that you can use to make vertical video. And that's it. That's it on that channel. And it, even that in itself is still maybe too broad because I could do an entire channel on TikTok or, oh my God, I love TikTok. If you guys aren't on TikTok, <sighs> I love TikTok so much. I could make an entire um, channel on how to do Instagram stories. I could make an entire... So even that where I'm saying, I just want to talk about vertical video is possibly too broad of an umbrella. But the problem is a lot of people um, still don't know about it. They don't trust it and they don't... Um, it, it's harder. So I think a lot more people search for Instagram stories or TikTok than just vertical video on how to. So... Yes, it's a calculated choice that I'm making, but it's still a specific niche that I want to talk about. So by the way, if any of you want to follow me over on, on that channel, I would love it. It's linked in my channels, but it's under Vertical Video Vixen. And I have to say, I'm just, I'm just loving the freedom of being on that channel. I film it all vertically as well. So I edit vertically. All the videos on that one are vertical. Uh, it's just kind of the thing that I, I'm working on right now because I just think it would be so ironic if all of my tutorials on how to do vertical video were horizontal. Maybe that's just me, but um, <laughs> so um, I plan on actually focusing a lot on that channel. So if you guys want to join me over there, I would love it. I think I'm up to 65 subscribers. So believe me, you guys, I know what it means to start a new channel from scratch to be at the very beginning, you know, to want to get to 100 to get my custom URL. I'm right there with you. Um, so yeah, if you want to join me on Vertical Video Vixen, I'd love to see you over there. Okay, so are the other people in your field? Are they making money? Are they selling products? Is that something you can do? Like I said, can you fill a hole in that niche? Are they getting speaking engagements? Um, is the keyword research uh, being done? Because if you think about it, sometimes it's just, you know, title, thumbnail, and how you present. So like I said, even if it is the same content as other people, um, the way that you present it is special and unique to you. No one has your set of life circumstances or anything like that. Um, you are unique and special in that way. So if you think about you're passionate about something, just because someone else has made a video on it ever doesn't mean that you can't make a video on it and put your own twist on it. But another thing is, if there's something that was in a video that was like, oh, that's like 70% of what I would tell someone, but I would change a little bit. I think it's perfectly perfectly fine to make that video and be like, not bring up the other person and be like, here's where I differ. Just talk about the thing that you think is um, different. Okay. Um, we talked about the fitness coach one. Sorry. Every time I do it, it scrolls back up. So then I have to like go back up. Um, okay. So here's another one. When you are thinking about a specific niche, okay, um, you are the solution to probably someone's search query. So you have to start thinking about how painful is that query? How painful is that solution for someone else sometimes to use you to fix it? So this comes into play more if you are a coach, consultant, um, someone who's selling their services, right? So if you're someone who, like I said, um, the fitness coach, if someone has, you know, we all know to lose weight, what you got to do is usually eat less and exercise more. Eat less, move more, typically is going to be um, how you accomplish that goal, right? Now, how you do that, that's a whole other can of worms, right? But generally, that's that's the thing. There's nothing new about this formula, like, ever, right? That's the same formula that we've been telling ourselves for hundreds of years. Eat less, move more. So once you start thinking about that, you have to say, okay, if everybody knows that this is the secret but they're not buying what it is that you're selling, AKA fitness. Um, what is it that makes them finally pull that trigger to be like, this is a problem that I need to solve now, right now. Okay. And you know, it could just be, maybe they just had a baby. They're about to have a baby. It could just be, maybe they used to be a pro athlete and this is the first time in their life after retiring, 
they don't know what to do with themselves. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, I'm not working out as much. I'm still eating the same like I was with and I'm an athlete. Now I'm fat. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden there's usually a point. Is it New Year's Day? Right? They've made a resolution. There's some point in time, some line in the sand that they've crossed and um, jumped over to be like, this is a pain point in my life. And now this is the point where I want to fix this. And how do you get yourself into the precipice to be in the right place to be like, yep, I know that you're a new time um, mom. I know that you just had a C-section. I know you're scared and worried about um, how soon you can move and, and what you can do and what your body can do. And uh, once you actually illustrate the transformation, that's that's what people are, are, are bought into is they don't need to always know the how. They just want to know what that journey looks like. How are you going to get them from, I am sad, I am depressed, I am scared, maybe I'm suffering from postpartum depression, into, I feel good about my body. Um, it doesn't matter what the scale number is, right? Um, but how do you get that transformation? So I would say a lot of the time when you start thinking about when you're starting to sell services, it's not that, um, you know, the, the person wants, I'm trying to think of a really good example. Okay, so... What's the value of a plumber when uh, when the toilet is working correctly? Okay. It's, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. It, they're great. Uh, what's the value of a plumber in your life when all of a sudden the toilet isn't working and everything is clogged and, like, weird stuff is coming up out of, you know, the pipes? I don't know, because you're in Florida and some creature comes up. All of a sudden... That plumber, um, their value is a lot higher to you because of some sort of external circumstance or something that has happened to apply pressure to you. So if you start thinking about that as well, when you're um, doing a coaching service, I'm, I'm trying to articulate this the correct way. But if you start thinking about that, what is that person's mindset that they need to get to? What's that line in the sand that they need to draw before they're like, oh, crap, I need something now. I need help now. Whereas before they always knew all I have to do is move more and eat less, right? So if you can almost craft that feeling and speak to that and then speak to the transformation that you're, I've hit that thing three times, hit that uh, transformation for them, that's that no like and trust factor that will get someone to actually start listening to you, start wanting to, you know, eventually hurl their credit cards at you. Okay. Um, so learning from, well, learning from my mistakes, like I said, I had 50 million and, and, and it's still the same. And if you go back and look at my channel, all of my playlists, I thought I was going to be someone who's going to be brilliant about, oh, I can do all the different things I want on my channel. I'm going to have all these different playlists and it's going to be great. And um, people will really resonate with that. I, you got to take a hard look in the mirror and be like, girl, that's not true. Um, go pull your analytics and be like, hey, every time you make a video about this, um, you lose subscribers, just like Catherine from the content bug dead. Um, so I was actually looking at mine and every time I do a live stream, just like this, um, I end up losing probably double digit subscribers because all of a sudden people are like, who is this? Why am I subscribed to her? I don't need to listen to that. Unsubscribe. Um, every time I did a video, surprisingly, about um, a lot of the time iMovie, editing, anything like that positive subscribers. If I did a video on some of the YouTube stuff, positive subscribers. If I did video on, I did a one particular one on a uh, TubeBuddy, <laughs> less subscribers. And um, you, you don't want to go crazy and, and with analytics and have that dictate exactly everything that's going to go on your channel, but you can use it as a trend to be like, people don't like it when I go live. So maybe that's something like I go live and then I put them on private, whatever it is. Um, it, it's just, it's interesting because I was like, oh, I can be a variety channel. I can go back and look, but I can see that like even some of the videos, um, I was like, oh, it, it won't hurt to keep them up. People are finding them on my channel and then unsubscribing because they didn't like Podmas or whatever it is. And I don't necessarily want to let the inmates run the asylum, but I also have to realize to myself that like it was very true that if someone comes to my channel and they see Instagram tricks and Snapchat tricks, iMovie tricks, Final Cut Pro tricks, YouTube tricks podmas they are going to get confused and they're going to be like why the heck would i ever subscribe to this girl so um this is something i am telling you it's been three years on the platform something like that four years i don't even know anymore um i was not smart enough to from the beginning pick something and go with it and i've had a lot of feelings of like oh crap all these other people have like surpassed me well they they pick a lane and they stick with it and they go with it and i um have add and i decide that 
one week it's this and the next week it's that. And um, that's got to be mentally exhausting, not only for myself and trying to research all these topics, but for my viewers. And so I get it. And it is something that I'm trying to work on and fix for the future. Haven't learned my lesson too well because my vertical vertical video uh, channel is doing all things vertical video, which is a very wide niche, which is really probably stupid of me. So like I'm saying, people learn from my mistakes or inability to, for myself to learn from my mistakes. I'm telling you, uh, don't pull on me. Don't pull a Shelly. Um, pull a Paul Peck. Yeah. Well, Paul Peck, if you want to uh, grow your channel, okay, because obviously uh, going down the route that I have, if you guys didn't see it, I had made a post um, not that long ago, I don't know, like a month ago where I was saying it took me like 18 months to crawl out of this huge gigantic hole that I built for myself because I was doing this, you know, back to school giveaway, which I'm not sorry that I did because I am the daughter of a school teacher. Back to school giveaways mean a lot to me. It's some of my favorite times of the year. Uh, and I had a huge influx of subscribers and then lost over the course of uh, 18 months, several thousand subscribers. And like, as this number went down and the subscribers was going up, they never really came back to ground zero um, until 18 months later. So I said, you know, would you be still doing YouTube if you didn't grow your number of subscribers for 18 months? And that's a hard thing. You know, and during that time, did I want to give up like a lot of times? Yeah, there are so many times even recently where I was like, I don't even know why I'm making videos. I don't even know why I'm on YouTube. Like I put out videos. Oh, my dog. Sorry. I put out videos. No one's watching them. I put out videos. No one likes them. I put out videos. I immediately lose subscribers. Um, it's tough. And, you know, sometimes you got to put your big girl pants on and then be like, OK, what did you do to cause this? Well, I did back to school giveaways. That's definitely one. I made a whole bunch of videos on 5 million different topics that people um, didn't jive with. I didn't look at my YouTube analytics and stop doing things that people didn't like. And so there is some responsibility that I have to take with that because um, what I'm putting out there is not necessarily what people wanted or what they signed up for. I'm sorry if my dog is bothering you. Um, so yeah, I'm still learning that for myself. And um, I guess the biggest thing is I really want people to learn from my mistakes, but not be as frustrated as I was, not take as long to get to these like realizations as it takes for me. And I know like some people would look at my channel and be like, you don't even get 100 views on some of your videos. And that isn't the most important thing to me anymore. It used to be I was chasing after all these vanity metrics and I cared. Um, but now I really care about affecting someone in a personal, um, realistic and uh, honest way. So it kind of doesn't matter to me as much. Um, am I still someone who wants success in all those numbers? Yeah, absolutely. We all do. We're all lying if we, uh, if we say we don't and it doesn't matter to us at all. That's not it. But I'm saying now um, the person that I compete with more so is myself. And so um, just to be honest with anyone now who's still here, because I don't expect there's many of you left, um, I was really lost and confused for a really long time, like what I was going to do with my channel. Like I really didn't want to just become a YouTube advice channel because there are so many of them and I don't want to just be the poor man's version of insert big creator here. Right. But I do think that I have a different unique perspective because I am someone who's been on the platform for a long time. I am someone who spends thousands of dollars going to these different conferences and learning from other people. I do have inside knowledge when it comes to, you know, some of the stuff, that, some of the conversations that I have. And I do think it's worth sharing. And there are a lot of people who are not as far along as me and could definitely benefit from it. But um, it, it's been really hard because I'm like, I don't think I'm the best when it comes to video editing, but some people know me for that. I don't think I'm the best at all when it comes to YouTube advice, but some people know me for that. If you've been following my channel, you've seen that it's changed banners 50 million times. You know, it's talking about social media strategies. It's talking about um, YouTube advice. I'm talking about like iMovie editing, tech that you need to make YouTube. And I feel like I'm always like, I'm on the brink of understanding what my channel really is, but not quite fully actualizing what it is. And, and so I, I guess I'm saying this only to new creators to be like, even though I'm telling you niche down from the very beginning and understand what it is, it's okay to also come on, make all these mistakes, blunder around, feel like you have no idea what's happening. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's sometimes the boat that I'm in. And 
Um, so I never want to come off as like, only do it this way. <laughs> but I am coming from a place of love because, um, or, you know, for some people, harsh love, apparently. Um, I'm too honest or harsh. Um, <laughs> I've always been told, it's not always the message, it's just the delivery vehicle. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm just trying to save you time. I'm trying to save you money. I'm trying to help you out. And this goes back to the, I don't need you to like me thing. If you don't want to take my advice, if you don't want to listen to me, if you think that everything I'm saying is just complete bull, don't listen to me. Um, there's a million other people that you can listen to. But if you um, do like it, then stick around and say hi, right? Uh, oh, oh, the dogs are going to start wrestling. So that is um, most of what I wanted to cover when it comes to kind of niching down how to niche, why you'd want to niche, why you'd want to learn from my mistakes. Um, if you guys found this video helpful, I would really love it if you give it a thumbs up left a comment, all those good things, subscribed. And if you wanted to come see me on my new channel and learn about vertical video, oh, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys and gals, I think it's the future and being able to take so much of that vertical video stuff and put it on all, all these other platforms and, and what to do with it. Like I'm really jazzed about it and I'm just gonna put it out there right here. Like this channel, you know, yeah, YouTube advice and editing advice, but like I am gonna be that vertical video girl. So when you think like, something vertical video wise, like I want you to end up like, I want my videos to pop up to the top of the search bar and show up in Google. Like I want to be the vertical video person. I want to start talking on stages about that. So um, yeah, if you want to follow along on that adventure, come find me on Vertical Video Vixen. It's linked in the channels on the side. So um, that's everything I have for right now. And I know I haven't been on this channel in a little bit, but um to be honest, I'm okay with that. I used to freak out if I didn't have a video scheduled for every Wednesday, or sorry, every Sunday, and because I had it in my banner, and I'm just one of those like completionists that wants to, if I said it, I'm gonna do it type thing. But now I'm just kind of realizing maybe I would rather just, and I'm a bad YouTube guru, because you know people would tell you like put out a video every week at the same time so that YouTube knows. Um, I'm not just gonna shove out a video only because to hit a calendar date, I know I'm the worst YouTube guru um, because yes, you should be consistent. Yes. But um, truthfully, I've been taking this time to really think about like, what do I want to be known for? What is going on with uh, the types of videos that I make and really having that hard look in the mirror to be like, you're not helping as many people as you think you are by trying to cover a variety of topics. Okay. Um, so that's all I'm saying is niching down, learn from my mistakes because I'm trying to work on it too. So if you want to work on niching down together, subscribe and all that stuff. I'm going to go before my dogs tear the room apart. All right. Thanks guys. Bye.